Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. John, we have a great show lineup today. A lot of very timely and interesting stuff here. So, uh, you know, we're going to start off talking about... uh, Government shutdown. There you go. Did you know that the government shut down? It was kind of a blip on my radar. I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it. It was over the weekend. Actually, I did. I watched, um, I flipped between CNN and Fox, and it's completely opposite takes. Oh, yeah. uh, Just fascinated by, you know, all the... You know, the ins and outs of it and the strategy associated with it. Somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. So um, we're going to dive into that a little bit. This article out of Charles Swad, really very well written. And you'll be surprised at how the markets historically have reacted to government shutdowns. So make sure you, you listen in on this one. Yeah, this is a very interesting and timely topic. You're right. And then we're going to jump into one of my favorite topics. <laughs> vacations. Vacations, yes. Five what? warm vacations you can afford now. I mean, if you're like me, you've been... Kind of cooped up with the cold. It's been a cold January. It has been, you know. And um, so I'm ready for I'm ready for some R and R. I don't know about you. And so you know, if you're out there listening to me and you're like I am, and you're looking for a warmer place to go and doing it on a budget, we got five of them here. You know, five places you can go that are nice, warm places for the most part, and uh, cheap vacations you can do on a budget. So we're going to talk about that. And I think. Uh, That'll be a fun thing to think about. Anyway, Absolutely. Even if you don't do it. But uh, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 22 years experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 25 years. And we're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, go to our website, moneymd.net. We have the uh, podcast up. We also have a link to the historical podcast. I have well over 200 of those you can go check out. We have a whole bunch of videos as well. We've, we've shot some videos recently that uh, talk about a lot of different topics, long-term care insurance, college savings. Uh, so go check that out. And we also have a Facebook page and a Twitter page. I don't mention Twitter too often. So we do tweet periodically. Um, and the Facebook page, we have a uh, prescription of the week that we video every week. So uh, we always have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, so there's a lot of information out there. Do check us out on our website. You can email us too. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us your questions or comments directly at info at moneymd.net. Or you can link to us off our website, moneymd.net. Um, we're going to start off here, John, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this is um, a fidelity study that was done, Steve, and um, it's uh, pretty interesting. 87% of do-it-yourself investors have not changed their investment allocation over the past year. Wow, right? so they have no not, rebalancing. No rebalancing <laughs> at all. And uh, even more concerning is a whopping 77% of these participants, they admitted to not having the time or the investment knowledge um, to be confident in their investment decisions. That sounds like a pretty accurate number. I mean, we see that. That's right. right. Yeah, people just kind of set it and forget it. And, um, you know, we have a great year like last year. So if you were 60-40 mix maybe going into last year, now you're 70-30 because equities did so well, the market did well. And if you don't rebalance, you're you're just kind of doubling up on your risk. And then when we go through a correction at some point, you're going you're gonna to see a bigger downturn. So you have to rebalance after a good year like last year. Very, very important. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it, it is difficult to, um, you know, it talks about the 77% not having the time or knowledge. 
there's it's confusing. I mean, we look at 401ks that have 20 or 30 options in them. A lot of people don't know which funds to pick and when to rebalance and how to rebalance. So uh, we do that quarterly, right, That's for, right. for our clients and uh, have a pretty good process associated with it. But um, do some rebalance and take a look at your portfolio. This may be a good time to, to make some adjustments. That's right. Good financial fact of the week. Okay, and that leads up to our first topic here, and that is the government shutdown. <laughs> yeah, that was... That was quite the, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, you know. Show. Quite the show yeah. last weekend, wasn't it? It didn't yeah. last very long. It was kind of a blip on the radar screen, but, uh, you know, it, 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 it was good fodder over the weekend. Well, if you um, if you didn't really follow it very much, you can have another chance in a couple of weeks. That's true. <laughs> we could. We could. It'll right. be interesting, but I, yeah. I think they're kind of licking their wounds. So I, I'll be shocked yeah. if they if they try that maneuver again yeah. in a couple of weeks. That's right. You know, so Congress did reach a deal this, this last week to, uh, to end the brief government shutdown after a couple of days. The agreement um, was approved first by the Senate and uh, then the House of Representatives, and uh, it reopens government until February the 8th. So I think 16, 17 days away um, from that, maybe a little less than that. But markets have had a um, really have not had much of a reaction. And we're going to dive into the historical reaction uh, here in a couple of minutes. But tell us how we got there. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's the same old story, John. I mean, government shutdown was the culmination of months of failure by Congress to agree to a budget. You know, when is the last time they agreed to a budget? I, I can't know. remember a budget being passed in the last eight, nine years. Um, I think it had to be under Bush. I can't. I don't think the one was ever passed under under Obama. So um, that's certainly nothing new. But this time it led to a shutdown. Um, you know, the lawmakers, um, without agreeing to a budget, they had this, you know, these appropriation bills. And <clears throat> then it resulted that Congress, um, after passing a series of stop gas gap measures known as continuing resolutions, CRs, <clears throat> which are short-term agreements to keep funding the government <clears throat> at the same level as the previous year. Um, you know, and there have been three of those since September, but it's kind of weird, you know. I mean, this time they kind of took the stance that, that yeah. uh, you know, the Democrats particularly took the stance that they wanted to, uh, they wanted immigration to be rolled into this. They wouldn't pass the continuing resolution, so now we got to we have a three-week mm-hmm. continuing resolution, which is that's like a nanosecond oh, in I politics. Know. Yeah, That'll be here in like they won't accomplish nothing in three weeks. They won't agree on anything. That's for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, this is like you said. There's been three since September, and they did one right before the Christmas holidays. It expired. Um, you know, they had uh, the House of Representatives had, had approved some legislation that had extended it through the 16th of February. The bill included a six-year extension to the um, CHIP program, which is children's health insurance, um, which has been a top priority for Democrats. I think that's a good, very good program. And you know, Republicans hope that adding the popular program to the package would attract votes for the Democrats. But you know, the bill also had a couple of sweeteners for Republicans. Um, they uh, banned or um, extended the ban on some of the taxes associated with the Affordable Care Act. So think some uh, Republicans were happy about that. But the narrowly divided Senate rejected the deal on Friday of last week. And the Senate had to stay in session much of the weekend, um, you know, to have these multi-hour negotiations to resolve the standoff, which they did on Monday. But we're going to go through it again pretty soon. Unfortunately, we are. Yeah, with no deal announced on Sunday evening, Washington was thrown into the Confusion as tens of thousands of federal workers were told not to come to work on Monday morning and the government agencies scrambled to put contingency plans in place. 
only to have the government reopen hours later on Monday. Yeah, the agreement was reached Monday afternoon and uh, simply changed the funding date from February the 16th to February the 8th for the continuing resolution, and it retained the CHIP provisions um, and the delay to the health care-related taxes. So uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think when it comes back up, I mean, the Democrats aren't going to get anything on February the 8th this time because it's just going to be a clean continuing resolution. Um, yeah, and I you're— I can't believe they're going to get anything. Yeah, you're right. It definitely postpones a, a difficult battle, um, whether it happens on February the 8th or some point in the future. I mean, Republicans have been pushing for a two-year agreement that will outline the spending parameters for the rest of 2018 as well as 2019— um, but such a deal has proved elusive. I mean, it's fall, fallen victim to the usual disagreements between the parties over the federal spending amounts and where they should be allocated. Uh, of course, Republicans are calling for an increase in military spending, and, and uh, Democrats want that paired with a similar increase in non-military spending. So, yeah, I don't know how they're going to get through this impasse. Um, so, Yeah, the lack of, of willingness to compromise on both sides has just paralyzed mm-hmm. Washington. They can't agree on anything because neither side will give them any, any inch. It won't, give, it won't budge an inch on their demands. And, you know, the immigration policy has been perhaps the biggest stumbling block in negotiations. The Democrats refuse to support any government funding extensions that doesn't include a solution to the immigration status of the so-called DREAMers. And last fall, you know, President Trump um, announced that he was going to end the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, the DACA program, um, which protects young, undocumented, you know, illegal immigrants who are in school or in military um, on March the 5th if Congress doesn't pass border immigration reforms. Um, that's going to be ended on March the 5th. So with that deadline now just weeks away, the Democrats pressured Republicans for a solution, and they used the government shutdown as leverage, but of course <clears throat> that failed. Yeah, so we're, we're going to be going through this for a while. I mean, these are very controversial issues. And um, so what does it mean for the markets in your portfolio? I mean, markets' reaction Monday morning when it you know went through was muted. And really, Steve, that was kept with historical precedent. Um, You know, previous government shutdowns really have not produced significant volatility. I mean, there have been 17 shutdowns of at least one day since 1976. Mm. And the average market reaction has been less than 1% to the negative. So I think people probably view this as, hey, it may be shut down, but they're going to get it started again fairly quickly. Right. Yeah, never lasts very long. You know, I mean, they just... Um, 2013 was the, I think the longest one went like 16 days, but, uh, that's pretty rare. You know, normally it, it's very short term and, and doesn't last very long. And then it, it, they reopen it and, uh, we're back to the races. Yeah. So this is interesting. Again, this is just a, uh, is noise when we look out, um, you know, if, if I guess if the government were shut down for months and months and months, then it would certainly have an impact, um, on the economy and so forth. But, you know, as, as I think this is a good lesson in the media, um, loves this kind of stuff, oh, right? It's a circus. It yeah. I mean, it is absolute circus on all the, the networks, but, um, you know, bottom line, we talk about this, Steve, is the, the markets really fundamentally, when you take all this noise away, if companies are earning money, that's right. more money then the markets will go up. If they're going to earn less money then the markets are likely going to go down. Now there's a lot of influences out there, but this kind of stuff, just leave it alone. Don't mess with it. Um, you know, keep your portfolio diversified, have a plan and, um, 
turn off the TV. <laughs> yeah, I would not make any financial decisions based on these shutdown rumors. And, and I think now that, you know, this first shutdown did not produce any results, um, I think it's very unlikely either side is going to hold up funding the government for to meet their demands. I agree. I, I think this next time, I think it's going to be a clean CR and it's going to be longer and you know, they're going to get past this pretty quickly because they don't want to be licking their wounds trying to explain this mm-hmm. to their constituents constituents um, here in just a few weeks. So, but very interesting topic. Yes, you know, it, is. Timely. it does make for uh, <laughs> interesting news. Yes, it does. So, uh, so that's, that's that. And that leads us up here, though, to our question of the week. Yeah, I was talking with a client doing some uh, planning for income for, for 2018. And, you know, the, the, the new tax laws in place, the 15% bracket is now 12%. So there's 3% drop there. And um, so his question is, is, you know, if I take some money from a brokerage account and there are capital gains in there, will that be taxable? Because in the old law, if you stayed in the 15% tax bracket, then those capital gains would not be taxable. And it's the same thing for the 12% bracket. So right. if you stay under for a married um, couple filing jointly under $77,400 and you have capital gains, they are taxed at zero. That's right. And it's gotten bigger because now the, the standard deduction is 24000 <clears throat> That's right? right. That's right. So you put that on top of 77000 and you can make up to, for a married couple, you can make up to a hundred and one thousand dollars in twenty eighteen. Still find yourself in the twelve percent bracket. So any capital gains that you realize that makes up that gap and keeps you under a hundred and one thousand of total income um, will automatically be taxed at zero. Yeah, that's pretty significant. So there's not a, not really a change. Well, the, the standard deduction certainly is a change, but if you're in a low tax bracket, capital gains, zero tax rate, it doesn't get any better than that. That's pretty it, sweet. So for married couples, that's a pretty big window. It all is. All up to $101,000. So take advantage of that. It's a great opportunity to realize some gains if you have a stock out there or something that you know is, has a low basis. Um, maybe you can sell it. You know, if you're under that window and uh, avoid capital gains tax. And uh, full disclosure here, we're not CPAs, right? We we know a lot about taxes. Right. We certainly work with CPAs in the area. We would certainly recommend that you talk with your CPA before pulling the trigger on this. Or if you have questions, you can certainly talk with us as well. That's right. Absolutely. Okay, great question of the week. And that leads up to our final topic here, and that is... Warm vacations, John. I mean, <laughs> this is a positive. Topic. I hear the I hear the uh, steel drums, you know, mm-hmm. playing, and uh, you know, I, I see people bringing out, uh, uh, you know, drinks with umbrellas in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love vacations, as you know, and and you know, all this cold weather here in January has made me a little bit stir crazy. So if you're like me and you're thinking that you need a vacation before tackling your taxes this spring, um. You know, I I know you're still trying to recover from all the expenses of the holidays, but there are some places you can go where it won't kill the budget for a quick three or four day getaway. Um, In fact, we have five ideas here where you can get away now for a long weekend for maybe $500 per person or less. Um, Just depends on how you do it, but um, you can you can do it, you know, fairly reasonable here. And one of the keys, though, is to keeping it reasonable is not to kill it with all the ancillary things like eating out. Um, you have to kind of keep all that under control if you want to do it on a budget. Of course, you know, there are some other tips for limiting outlays as well. Um, 
And we're going to discuss those, you know, as we move along here. But the point is, I mean, a vacation from the cold weather, it's probably within your reach if you do a little bit of planning. Okay, so so here are some cheap vacations that you can do now and uh, hopefully find some warmer weather and, you know, get yourself a little needed R&R. First one here is Myrtle Beach, John. Mm, right um, down the road. Yeah, it's not far from here. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in this area, so um in our area here and you know maybe you don't have a great impression of myrtle beach but the truth is it's a pretty nice place now you know there's lots to do with very reasonable pricing during the off season and so if you're on the east coast i mean this is a place to go in the winter time with lots to do and very cheap prices and you know we've done this plenty of winters and you can you can get a jam up oceanfront hotel for well under a hundred dollars a night in the middle of the winter time and if you pick a nice weekend, you know, you can you can have some decent weather. Yeah, that's right. The temperature is going to be in the 60s, and uh, the seafood is piping hot, right? There you, you go. You see the steam coming off that's of right. it. And play one of the dozens of golf courses, um, you know, for a song, and got outlet malls. You got walks, you know, on the, on the pristine beach as long as it's uh, good weather. So a tip to book and efficiency um, and keep, you know, the eating out reasonable by buying groceries. Um, so don't go out and eat so much. That's, that really increases the price. The crowds are small. The prices are usually smaller this time of the year. And there's a lot to do on the Grand Strand. So Myrtle Absolutely. Beach. Absolutely. Yeah. And as an added tip here, you know, always read the reviews on TripAdvisor <clears throat> before you book a hotel anywhere, really, because you'll learn some valuable things that you won't find anywhere else. So I really like to check out those reviews before you book a hotel, but uh, there are lots of them on Myrtle Beach, and they're really cheap this time of year, so go take advantage of that. Next vacation idea, though, <clears throat> is a cruise vacation. John, mm. this is one of my favorite, yeah. You like those, don't you? I do, you know. I mean, this is one of the many specialties and one of the favorites on my list. You know, I know it sounds expensive, but there are some deals to be had out there for a four- or five-nighter Um it can be much cheaper than you think. You know, if you go to cruise.com, for example, <clears throat> you know, you'll be amazed at some of the last minute deals that they, they run. Um, and sure. I mean, if you want a suite, you're going to pay double for that. <clears throat> so you have to, you have to be willing to not, not go, you know, necessarily first class here. But if you can be happy with a balcony room or one of them with a window view, you can get those for a steal at the last minute, and they practically give away the inside rooms, you know, in the last week or two. Um, so if you're kind of in our area, Georgia, South Carolina, you can drive to, to Port Canaveral and jump on one of the short cruises for some serious rest and relaxation. Um, I just saw a five-day inside cabin cruise for $388 a person on Royal Caribbean, leaving on February the 17th, John. I think I saw on the calendar you're going to be out that week, right? Yeah. Are you going on that cruise? I think I'm on that cruise. (laughs) No, I'm not. But, but yeah, I mean, that's I really did just look that up here before the show. And, you know, and and so, okay, so if you don't like an inside cabin, you can get for $4.29 per person, you could get a four-day Bahama cruise on Norwegian with a balcony room. So there you go. Um so there really are some deals to be had. And, I mean, keep in mind, that includes all the food, mm-hmm. right? So that's included. I mean, where else can you go for four or five days for that price, great dining, entertainment, and a room all included? The answer is nowhere, John. Yeah, yeah. Nowhere. it's a good deal. <laughs> it really is. And you see, I mean, well, they're giving this away a lot of times because they're counting on you buying lots of drinks, gambling, buying excursions. 
but forget all that. I mean, just get off the port, get off the boat at the at the port, do some casual shopping, you know, lay on the beautiful beaches, you know, buy yourself a, a souvenir or two, but then get back on the boat with a free lunch and, you know, lay by the beautiful pool. I mean, you can't beat this vacation deal. And what a great way to escape the winter blues. Oh, did I mention it's going to be in the high 70s in the Western Caribbean this week? (laughs) My my white body would need some suntan lotion. (laughs) Yeah, we have to put a little suntan lotion on, but man, that would feel good. That does sound good. And you can also, cheap number, uh, cheap vacation number three, Orlando. I mean, that's not very far from here. Um, You know, six, six, seven hours. And believe it or not, Disney World... Um, can be a really good value when it comes to family vacations. You got to do it right. And if it's um, going to be warm down there, like, you know, 75, that's also a pretty good bonus yes. as well. As well. I'm, you know, I'm ready to go right now, um, you know, and theme parks, some of them are good, some of them not so good. But, you know, if you fly to get there, it's obviously going to cost you more. Um, but the Orlando airport usually has a lot of choices for cheap flights from you know a lot of major cities. There's also some great deals this time of year at all the parks. Um, so you don't need to get a, a fast pass this time of year. The lines are typically a little bit shorter as well. So um, I like it. Go see Mickey. Yeah, there you go. Orlando. I mean, it is warm down there. Yeah, hotels are, are, are for a song really in January down there as long as you're not trying to stay in the park. Um, so forget the parks, you know, you could just do a show or two, you know, you could lay out by the pool better yet, um, play around a golf and the beautiful weather down there. You know, I just checked it out on hotels.com here a day or two ago, John, and there were hordes of rooms at resorts there for around a hundred dollars a night. Mm, that's pretty good. That's not too bad, you know, so just forget, um, you know, don't forget though to check on free parking. Make sure the price of the hotel includes a resort fee and and all those sorts of things. So check on the details. But that's a pretty good one going to Orlando. The next one we have here though are the Tampa, Florida beaches. Um, you starting to notice a theme here, John? I mean, it's yes, the the beach, yeah, Florida, warm Florida, exactly. Yeah, I mean the west coast of Florida on the Crystal Beach. Strand is a terrific place to spend a long weekend. It's it's kind of the Clearwater, Florida area, if you're familiar with that. And it's where the current high is around 70 this time of year. Um, you know, and what a beautiful beach area where the water is crystal clear. The the hotels are reasonable in January. And there's some awesome food for, for a budget, you know, conscious planner like me. Um, if you like Greek food, there's Tarpon Springs, which is right there in that area just a few miles away where you can visit the sponge docks and you can eat some authentic Greek food there in the village where there's a dozen or so Greek restaurants. Um, you can drive over to Tampa where there's also a, a dozens of great things to do and see or just lay on the beach. I mean, either way, you can leave your park at home when you go to Tampa, Florida. That's a great place to visit. You know, I haven't spent a lot of time there. I've been down there a couple of years ago when South Carolina was in a bowl game. That was kind of fun. Actually, yeah, yeah. I take that back. You know, the game I went to was Clemson, Georgia Tech. I think it was 2009. They were playing in the ACC championship. Ooh. You asked me why I would go to an ACC game. Yeah. I had a free ticket. I guess we lost. I was invited. That one, since you I think you did. Yes, that's <laughs> right. So. That's right. I might remind you though we've won the last. I, we're not three talking football. ACC I don't know. It's not football season. It's uh, it's <laughs> warm true. vacation season. <laughs> so cheap vacation number five is is Las Vegas. 
There you go. Uh, Vegas, go, go out it west, can be man. a deal. It can be a deal. I know they call it Sin City, and we're certainly not suggest that you go and, and gamble your life savings away, but the City Lights, um, they have some of the best overall deals. The airfare is pretty inexpensive. Um, you can do a lot of things on the budget there as well. Um, but, uh, you know, 65 and sunny. And remember, no, no humidity feels like 75 here. Yes, it does. That is a nice place to be right now. Airfare, 472 a person. Um, four nights stay, um, you know, with airfare off uh, Atlanta, uh, off Hotels.com. So, um, you know, Hotels.com seems like a pretty good place you visit It is. Frequently. Yeah, I do. I get prices there a lot, and I got these prices there. And so, yeah, I mean, airfare and hotel for four nights for four seventy two a person, yeah, that's under a, a thousand that's a deal. bucks. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, you got some golf out there, great shows. I mean, there's a lot to do out there. I, I actually went out there in, uh, in the summer, and um, it's a unique place. It's it a is. very unique place. See, I've actually never stayed there, but, um, but <clears> I, I do salivate over some of the golf courses there. I mean, they have, like, 50 or more mm-hmm. golf courses or a ton of golf courses, really nice ones. And, um, and I keep trying to talk Kathy into let's just Going go there, there and just see the show. She, she has a thing against casinos. Yeah. So it, it, the idea, the idea bothers her. Yeah. Um, but I'm just pretty much every hotel has a casino of some type generally. Yeah. Out I mean, there. Out and there. sometimes yeah. they're huge. Yeah. Right. They're massive. Right. Definitely. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't go for that. But, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of nice golf courses. Yes. And there's a lot of shows. There are a lot of shows. See. So I don't know. I don't know. Sounds seems like a decent place to me. But um, you know, it's certainly not as cheap as a driving vacations or a cruise, but it, it's not gonna be bad considering that it includes a four thousand mile round trip flight. And, you know, obviously this is this is one where you have to stay out of the casinos, you have to limit the shows and dining if you want to keep it in budget. So do some planning before you do this one. Um, you know, have everything already picked out. But you can't beat the Nevada sun in January, so that's something to consider. You know, what a great way to rid yourself of the winter blues. The key is planning, John. You know, I know, you know, we could go on all day with the vacation deals, but one of the keys to having an amazing vacation on a budget is simply to plan well ahead of time and go in off-season. You know, I'm not a fan of using credit cards, but you can take some great trips if you have the discipline to charge everything on the frequent flyer card, for example, and and pay it off each month, you know, I do that on the Sky Miles American Express, you know, and, and we've taken some amazing trips on the miles. In fact, we went, we took our entire family to Maui about 10 years ago when our kids were smaller and uh, did it all on frequent flyer miles. Um, we got five free tickets out there, um, stayed in a cheap condo for eight nights, rented a low cost SUV, drove all over Maui. And I did the entire vacation for under $2,000. Wow, that's a deal. I mean, that's pretty good for a whole family. Maybe you should be a travel planner that versus was, a financial planner. That was a crazy deal. Now, my kids, they love Taco Bell, so we ate a lot of meals at, you know, just little cheap restaurants like that. But we had a couple nice dinners out, too, and, you know, walked on all the great beaches, drove the road to Hana, and, you know, went up the top of Haleakala, mm-hmm. you know, the volcano there, and um, walked through the rainforest, snorkeled for free with our own gear. You know, we spent a day at the blowholes and shopped in Lahana and for a memorable budget vacation. It can be done. You simply have to have a plan and a goal. And vacation is one of the things that motivates me in that way. <laughs> so That's a fun topic. It is a fun topic. All right. And that leads us up here to our last thing. And that is the prescription of the week. Yeah. Uh, get a will. 
Um, it's amazing. Uh, there's a new study that just came out. 58% of, of adults um, say they don't have a will in place. And, you know, it's the, a will is more than just the financial side of it. Typically, they have a financial power of attorney, health care power of attorney. And also, if you have young kids, it, it states in there who is going to be the custodian and take you know, responsibility for your kids. So, you know, a lot of different ways. We've got some great lawyers in the area um, that right. can help you out some Prices a couple hundred bucks. Sometimes it can be a thousand, depending on how complicated it is. But depending on what you're looking check for, check in, check into it. Yeah, you definitely want to have a will. You don't want to leave it up to the laws of the state oh, okay. as to where your assets go. You don't go. trust the state, exactly. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you know, and plus it just doesn't. It, it's no, it's, it's going to be hard for your your heirs if they have to. It has to all go through probate. So do some estate planning. Get your estate planning in order. You know, get, get a you know a will, get a trust if necessary, powers of attorney for each other. Um, that's real important. But do your estate planning this year. You know, that's one of my goals this year is kind of update my estate planning. And uh, so if you haven't done that recently, uh, that's a great prescription of the week. Yep. All right. That brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Do tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call. Richard and Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.